So compelling. <laughs> What's going on, my mystical, magical people? I'm Jay Spellbound, and once again, you're tuning in to Spellbound, the podcast. As always, my goal is to keep you hypnotized while I got you here. Um, I'm super excited about this episode today. Uh, joining me on the show is a, a person I consider a jack-of-all-trades. He's a film producer, author and publisher, multi-business owner, sports and street legend straight out of Bayside. Uh, he's also a single father of four boys. Y'all please help me welcome Mr. Joshua Osiris. A.K.A. Joshua Bang, A.K.A. Ron Williams to the show. What's going on, cousin? What's up, man? I like the way you did that introduction. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well deserved. Uh, as always, you know, I got my producer Prince Cree with me from the world famous Swag in the Morning Show. What's going on, Prince Cree? I'm still excited, man. From the last episodes, man, I'm I'm still like I'm on Red Bull, which <laughs> Majesty she I think she needs some Red Bull, but we'll talk about that later. But I'm excited, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. So when I introduced you, I said, what's up, cousin? Mm-hmm. Um, help explain to people that relationship, because I, I didn't really always know that. But, you, you know, you kind of knew that before me. But we actually are cousins, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, a while back when we were in high school, your last name being Speller, that's my mom's last name, my sister's last name. You know, I took my father's last name. So I didn't really know that all the spellers were kin yeah. around here. But one day, our mutual cousin came to me when I was younger and was like, yo, you know, Jason Speller, our cousin, right? Yep. I'm like, damn. Then, you know, told me how through grandmas and all of that. So, boom. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't know a lot of the spellers either. And I didn't really start meeting them until I moved to Virginia Beach. Right. Uh, spellers, I guess, were pretty heavy out here in Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're definitely cousins. Um, You know, uh, in the introduction, I, you know, I said multi-business owner, named all the things you had going on. Um, with the pandemic, um, how's that, how has that affected anything you had going on? How you been holding up to it? Um, I mean, I've been blessed. I didn't, you know, I haven't been touched by it. Uh, far as business, actually, it, when it happened, one of my businesses, which is home repair, it actually took off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, people were in the house. So, you know, my the way I gather you're sitting in the house, you're looking at your yard, and you think about all the things you want to do. I'm not going outside for I don't know how long. So the business actually picked up. But, you know, it was just more of a thing. Go to the house, visit the client, with the mask on, and then work outside. So I never suffered there. And then, you know, um, the SBA loans came out for businesses. Okay. And, you know, and um, basically, I think it was one, what was the company that gave them too much money and they had to give it back or something? It was a Ruth Chris or somebody yeah, yeah. like that. Ruth Chris and a couple of those other ones, yeah. Yeah, so basically, if you were a corporation, you were entitled to some of that money. be helped by the government to help your business stay afloat. So being that I took care of my paperwork was right, I'm incorporated, they had to take care of me. Oh, that's so, good, man. I mean, everything kind of worked out through it all. That's good, man. I'm glad you was able to survive it and, and, and prosper through it all. So that's good, bro. Glad you're still afloat. Um, as you know, I, you know, I wanted to use this platform to um, represent Bayside, you know, mm-hmm. you know, get a chance to tell our stories, our lives, the way we grew up, um, all the things we've seen and been through. And yet, you know, we're still here standing tall to talk about it. Um, one thing I always like to ask everybody before we get going is what does Bayside mean to you? Uh, to me, it, to me, it, just, it represents ta- talent. It always has represented talent. Not even 
just in myself per se or just in my neighborhood, but I've just always felt and seen talent in the Bayside area from Bayside 100%. Arms, Northridge, Aragona, Carriage House, Lake Edwards, Campus, you know what I mean? Just all the way down. I've always felt like it was a lot of talent, but for whatever reason, I think because of the fighting amongst each other, that might have kept us from being everything we was supposed to be because we were staying, you know, with the tough guy. In our, our own way, in our own way. Well. In our own way, pretty yeah. much. But uh, I've always felt the energy and the talent. Cause, you know, I felt like I drew from that from everybody else, so I know we had it here. So for me, man, it just means it's, a, it's just a it's untapped resources. Let me say that. Let me answer that question like that. To me, Bayside means untapped resources. So some people might look and be like, oh, it ain't nothing out there. Yeah. But me, I'm looking like, nah, if you drill, you drill far enough, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot you, of you'll find the resources. diamonds. You'll yeah. find the diamonds. Absolutely. Um, uh, you named a lot of areas you named, you know, being the, the Beach Chronicles are focused on the Bayside area. Um, all those different areas you named. Where exactly are you from, from Bayside? I'm, I'm, Where'd you grow up? I'm, I'm, born, I'm born out in Bayside Arms. I come home from the hospital north of General. I come back to Bayside Arms. And uh, my my people's lived in the back, which at the time, Basin Arms is actually two neighborhoods. In the back of Basin Arms is Williams Village. Okay. In the front is Bayside Arms. My father lived in Basin Arms. My mother lived in Williams Village. So that's what I came home to the hospital. I was raised up there, but I ended up being raised in the front court, which is called Williams Court, named after my grandmother. Oh, Because wow. she was the first one to move out there. When wow. She moved, yeah, so... That's like, that's my namesake. Yeah. But that's the court I eventually ended up getting raised in, even though my grandmother didn't live there. My, my Aunt Linda took care of me out there, but it's a legendary place called Shady Rest. And it so happens my granddaddy ran Shady Rest. It was a bootlegger spot. And, you know, they used to have people coming in from everywhere, out of town, the whole nine or whatever. And that's why I hung out every day. So I'm from the Shady Rest area of Bayside Arms. Yeah, um... That was a that was a deep right there because I, I never even knew that right right about Williams <laughs> and all that yeah um, and I was gonna ask you um, because all my time you know growing up in the area and you know I'm, I'm from Lake Edward side Newtown Road side right 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 um, so I didn't grow up out based on but I was gonna ask you what and where is Shady Rest but you kind of you know touched on that a little bit yeah Shady Rest is Harley Davis right right there with yeah, Harley okay. Davis and that it, it just they planted it on top of Shady Rest yeah oh okay okay. Yeah, I, I heard you mention that in some some other things, and I just always wanted to know what that was. Um, growing up out in Bayside, uh, Bayside Arms, um, I, I just want to mention a couple of people that you know, kind of were like legends to that I used to hear about as a little kid out there. Right. Um, uh, Tito, oh, yeah. Pig, right. Heavy, sure. Tight. Mm-hmm. What, what do some of those guys mean to you? Like, what was their influence on you coming up out there? And, and, and some others, if you want to bring up some other guys. I'll yeah, man, I, 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 we've been here all night. If I was just bringing <laughs> up all the names, I'm telling you, you know, because I, I, I was one of the kids that paid attention to everything, even a couple of generations before me. When you mentioned Pig and Heavy, you mentioned one generation. Then when you mentioned Tito and Tyke, you mentioned another generation. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, that's how we, you know, bridged each other out there. And then under Tito and Tyke generation, then it comes my generation, so. Just the guys you named, they came before me. They laid the way. Tito was like, he probably inspired me more than anybody. Yeah. You know, I seen him around the time when I was about 10 years old. And I just, it was maybe like you know, 
like 30, 30 of them outside or whatever. You know, I'm 10. I'm not even supposed to be in the back because I'm from Bay Side Arms. Yeah. And the parents, you know, you can't don't go back there to Williams Village. Don't go in the back. You know <laughs> it's what I mean? dangerous back there. Yeah, so I'm I'm crossed the line. Anyway, then you then you got to fight. If you're yeah. from up front and then you got to come to the back, you probably got to fight anyway. So you just, that, we used to fight each other in there. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so I just remember seeing Tito. I was like probably 10. And I remember Tito, just, this dude was, he was, I could, knew he was younger than some of the older dudes. But I would just remember him telling everybody what they was going to do. You know, everybody was yeah. hype, but they was waiting and listening to him to see what he wanted to do. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? He called the, the shots. Presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like the energy and the presence he had. But even on other occasions, I always seen how he kept everybody stayed together. Yeah. And you could, I could just tell he was the glue. I couldn't get in, so I you know what they was talking about and what was going on. But, you know, as a little shorter, just sitting there paying attention, watching who you're watching. Yeah. I'm looking at everything like, man, what, what what's going on? And you could just tell Tito had a respect. Won't like no, he was taking it from nobody. It was like whatever he was doing amongst his his his, his homies, the, the posse, he had a certain respect. So to me, that stuck out even at ten years old. So he probably inspired me more than more than anybody as far as when you're talking about based on arms. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know exactly what you what you meant when you said um, you know one generation the next generation right because we were kind of the same way. Even though you may be like two years just apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's how it's all separated. Like all right, these guys like two years older than us. I, I might fall in the middle, and then might be some guys. Exactly. Like, that's a whole generation yeah. out our way, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Two years to separate a whole generation. Whole generation. Yeah. You're not with that class, right? Then you ain't with that group. Yeah. Um, and, and fighting each other. We used to do the same thing before we started fighting based on before we got to middle school and high school. Right. Right. You right. know, because we were going to Betty F. Y'all were going to Newtown, so we had to fight yep. each other before. Okay. Carriage, right. House, Carriage House Lake Air was fighting each other. See, you taught so, me something. Yeah. Right <laughs> something, <laughs> I didn't know like that. that. Yeah, I remember. Uh, Javon and them came out to uh, Carriage House to fight me from Lake Hills. I was like, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know these guys like that. Yeah, so we used to do the same thing. I remember that too. Yeah. Um, also, in, in my introduction, you know, I, I mentioned to you by three different names. Um, I want to, I want to go on a, you know, just a little, a little journey and, and understand each of those names and, okay. and, and what they mean to you. Um, you know, first, you know, I want to start with Ron Williams. Um, Ron, to me, that I knew, you know, was a sports guy. Right. Played a lot of sports. Was good at it. Yeah. T- tell me who Ron, who Ron was to you. You call good money. Because if you would have just asked me to say who, do, who was Ron Williams to me, that's what I would have said to do to play sports. Was good at sports. I would have said that. So you, you call real good money right there. I mean, you know, the area we grew up in, it was, like I said, again, based on arms, real competitive. I mean, from the time you're four or five years old, you're getting sized up by – the nearest five to six year old by the older boys, like you got to fight. Yeah, it was like you know what I mean. It was like they base on arms was more like a adult, like a pit. Yeah, but you was raising everybody, getting ready to fight or whatever. So it's just competitive coming up. So you naturally you get into football, and we out there competing and competing and competing. We probably had the most competitive flag leagues you probably ever seen back then. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying five, six, eight years old, it was so intense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we move on, and then um. Just football, you just kept playing, and then you know I, I got attached to it. You know what I mean? You know how most kids, they things not right how at back at home how they might want them to be. Yeah. So you know you get on these teams when you're young, and then you put your energy into that, and uh, you kind of get you get attached. So you know, football for me, I my mind was locked. I'm going to the NFL, yeah. hands down. You know what I'm saying? It, it was, but my mind wasn't. I didn't understand that you needed to make. You know, do your school work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I still thought I could hang out, you know, and hustle throughout the second semester, hustle all night or whatever. And it was crazy, man. 
So he got more names than me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was. It was or it was more crazy. names did you give people? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a pause. I want to find out the rest of his names. <laughs> Spellbound, the podcast. This portion of Spellbound, the podcast, is powered by Matrix Sanitizing Solutions. See Jamari Mack, Jamar Mackey, right now. Call him at 757-343-7127. Protecting all spaces from all virus. I'm talking about Jamar Mackey. Look that name up, y'all. Oh man, you're gonna know more about him. He's a business owner, in spite all of that other stuff that went down, went viral with Virginia Beach at Lynn Haven Mall. Jamar Mackey, Matrix Sanitizing Solutions. Now, back to Spellbound, the podcast. I'm Spellbound. It's so compelling. So compelling. So compelling. So compelling. Right back at it. Uh um, so we're talking about the sports and football and everything. Um, you know, I had Frankie on the show. Right. And one of the things that he dropped on me and I had no idea. You and him about eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere between then. And you talked about the flag football, and y'all wanted to figure out what y'all was going to do after flag football. Oh, wow. Yeah. How in the heck did y'all come up with creating the Wolfpack, bro? Like, because Wolfpack to me and Bayside is the same thing. How'd y'all yeah. come up with that idea, man? That's crazy. It's crazy that you bring that up. Uh, man, you know, like I said, it was competitive out base and arms. And uh, I was in Williams Court. Frankie was on uh, Richard Road. And by 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 nature, Richard Road in Williams Court, we didn't get along. So me and Frankie was like sworn enemies from the gate. So we had to compete for everything. But y'all cousins too, right? Yeah, we family. But you know what I'm saying? It, it, we you still was enemies at this time. Yeah. You lived in the wrong place. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So the flag leagues we had from like five to nine, me and him just ba- we battle every year, battle, 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 battle. So now it was time for us to go play tackle, and um, the area was so bad, like nobody, the kids in the area, Aragona or whatever. Nobody believed and nobody wanted to coach them. They just said they was just too hard-headed. You couldn't do anything with them, but it was me and Frankie's turn. So, anyways, we laid out in my pop's yard one day just <laughs> thinking, like, man, what, how can we get a football coach? Let's get a coach to coach the team, then we can go get the players. And uh, Frankie, he, he was like, yo, what, let, let's get let's get your pops to, to do the team or whatever. So I'm like, damn, all right. So we went over there ran it to him. And he decided, yeah, he'll do it. So he got a bunch of his boys, which some of them was Frankie's uncles. And me and Frankie, we literally, for the rest of, for like the next two months, we was only like 10. Yeah. We just jumped on bikes, and we just started riding all around the Aragona area, going to everybody's houses that used to play flag football with us, knocking on the door, telling them, like, yo, we got a team, we're going to play. And, it, I mean, it, we, we rolled up. You know, he's small. You know, Frankie was yeah, small yeah, yeah. at the time, so I'm riding him on my hand. But I'm riding him on my handlebars the whole time. So we riding all through Aragona. I'm just riding here on the handlebars, just riding, and we going from house to house. And we recruited the team. So we got the team out there. My, uh, you know, my pops. They they trained us hard. The hardest training camp we ever, I ever had in my life. Yeah, I'm still, you know, what I'm saying, kept me prepared for a lot. Uh, came up to the first game. We didn't have no jerseys or anything. We all had on t-shirts and wrote numbers on. That's how poor we was. But we yeah. didn't care at that yeah. time. We just we wanted to play. Yeah. yeah, but my grandma Marie, she had brought us jerseys on the on the low. So my pops popped them out on the 
first game. We was about to go out there. Gave us jerseys right before the game. So you can imagine how crazy we went, you know, as little kids at that time. So, uh, yeah, that's how we, we – we, Wolfpack was started. That's crazy, man. That and that, Crazy and amazing at the same time. <laughs> right. John was, went out actually door-to-door salesman, door, man, trying man. to recruit, man. And picked our team, linemen yeah. and everything. That's crazy. <laughs> he was picking everybody. Oh. Uh, I remember your I remember your pops, man, coaching, man. Uh, you know, I, I used to come to the practices and practice, but I, I never played on the team because that wasn't my thing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I tried. Right. Our brother and them, they all play everybody, you know, carry us and guys play. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back. I'm going to the block. <laughs> this ain't gonna work out for me. I ain't going in the field. Hey, trust but me, I know that feeling too. I remember your pops me had that long the that long platinum back, man. And in my perception, yeah. I, I don't know. I always thought he was a karate guy. He was, bro. He's like, he's like a like a ninth degree black belt. What was he? Nah, yeah, this dude used to take me to, uh, when I was like eight or nine, he used to take me to a uh, karate contest he had. You know, he'll get my grandmama to drag me out. They would not drag me, take me. And I see dude up there punching through cylinder blocks. I'm like, yeah. yo, what the? F- <laughs> yo, what's wrong? You know what I mean? I'm asking her, like, yo, why is he doing that? <laughs> he punching through wood. Like, he was out there with the dudes, with this, his kung fu master. And, bro, it was, it's, I come from one of them families, man. Yeah. They, you know, at eight. For Christmas, they was giving me Rambo knives, you know what I mean, with compasses. And I'm like, yo, what am I supposed to do with this? Man? If you get lost, you can find your way around. I'm like, come on, man, I'm eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm eight, man. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. So needless to say, you ain't never tried him, did you? Nah, 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 nah. nah. He, he, nah he, he put me on my back a couple of times. I, I mean, I just took it with him. I'm going to raise up for I can't win right here. Yeah. One time he kicked me off my bike. He I remember him kicking helmets, man. Yeah, man. He just do that, man. Dude did a that's, why I he was a, that's why I thought he was a, a karate dude because he did a roundhouse like, kick, man. He was he was he was deep into all that back then, man. He just liked to fight. He liked to you know. He don't try to start stuff because he's a real humble, quiet yeah. dude. He like you know what I mean, but he liked to know how to defend himself. And if you even threaten any type of space around him, he wanna you know he wanna disable you very fast. That's deep. Right? That's he raised me. Yeah. You know what I mean. So my bedtime stories with him used to be about Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> you did what I'm yeah. saying. So, you know, he went he went to college when I was young. He's only like 18 years older than me, so he went to school. I'm with his mom and I'm with my mom's mom because my mom was in school too. But when he would come back home on the weekends, you know, a little dude, yeah. dad come back, he's going to listen to everything this guy yeah. say. Yeah. So, you know, him, who you know, being a young boy, he want to tell me about Armageddon. <laughs> when, yo, one day they're going to be killing in the streets and all of that and in the stores. People going to be looting for food and, and whatnot. So you're going to have to know how to defend yourself. So I'm four or five thinking, man, I got to know how to fight real hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, did, did it help? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, it, it equipped me for times like now. The mentality is it's locked. Like I said, when the pandemic first broke out, you know, watching news, everybody was panicking, not knowing what was going on. But my mind is kind of like always been trained and built stores, for when the ready. days get the worst. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I know what I got to do. I got to go harder when the times get harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I already been trained to do, so. It was like the book. I felt like I was in the last book of Eli the first couple of days when the uh, pandemic hit. I'm riding down the street, no cars. You know what I mean? It's one o'clock. I'm looking like, damn. I feel like Denzel. Crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, describing your pops, man, it it reminds me of you know listening to you and how you are now. Right. It, it reminds me of you describing yourself right now. Um, right, right, right. I'm gonna say fast forward to high school now. You know. You still play sports and everything. But I just remember everybody started calling you Josh now, Joshua Bang, Joshua Bang. I'm like, where did that name come from? Well, <laughs> I guess by the time when I started making it out in, in, in the school, 
had already been out for a couple of years out in the hood, you know what I mean? Because it was just in the hood. But uh, it was a couple. It's a couple of ways I got that name. I know one time me and Tony, uh, one of my boys, Tony, we was in a, a eighth grade class together. We had a, a teacher from London. He used to always say to me, uh, "Stop joshing all the time. Stop joshing all the time." So you know, me and Tony had a little joke. You know, our inside joke. He was calling me Josh, 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 and uh, the uh, bang. I think the bang part. My granddaddy, I found out that my granddaddy was called Joshua Bang. It just happened to be Joshua Bang. I didn't know why, but it was calling him Joshua Bang. Yeah. And then another time I heard the name, it was calling my, my cousin D. D is like my big brother. They was calling him Joshua Bang. So I ran, I was around like 13. And I'm like, man, hold on, wait a minute. Oh, they got to pass that name down. So, you know, I decided it was my time. All right, that's my name now. And, uh, you know, pretty much everybody just ran with it from there. And then you became Joshua, Joshua Bang was born. Yeah, it was, um, it was crazy. It was, all, um, it, you still finished out with high school playing football, right? Yeah, bro. I, f- I finished. Um, I ended up, I got a scholarship. When I graduated, I had got a scholarship to go out to Kansas. Uh, a JUCO in Kansas called Butler. They was ranked like like 12 or whatever. So I went out there for a scholarship for that year. I got out there. I started wilding out. Start, you know, running with some Mexicans. And, you know, got got out in the streets, whatever. So um, I, re- I asked for a red shirt. Then the following year, I transferred out to a school in Long Island, New York. We was ranked like number four in the country, a JUCO, uh, Nassau, Nassau College. And uh, so I'm out there. I decided to drop out probably like the third month, come home, get back in the streets, start hustling. Uh, I catch a couple charges. But I still decided to go back to school the following year and walk on to Virginia State. You know, I just walk on out there to play yeah. football and make the team and then end up playing. But when we, by the time we get to midterms, I got to come do my time for oh, when I caught the bid, you know, like a year prior to that. So I just get locked up from school. So I go do three years in we'll, Jersey. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me jump back to, um, so you went out to Kansas too. Was, was you out there where Frankie was out there? No, nah, no. Nah, Frankie came a year after me. I was out there with Greg Melvin. Oh, Greg, yeah. Greg Melvin was my roommate. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I moved thought, out, got his own spot real quick. So from I there, did he go to Tech? Yeah, and then from okay. there, he went to Tech, yep. That boy was a monster. Yeah, he was. He was a man amongst kids. He yeah. was He was like our LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, he was. That's the man. only way I can describe him. Yeah, he was. Gifted. Uh, how did you juggle sports and the streets? Like, how was you able to do that? In in high school, you mean? In or general. In general. You, you can go high school and then you can go after high school. If you ask me, I did a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What I, what I realized in all that, though, Jay, is – can't live two different lives. Yep. You can't. You can only have one life, man. One, I'm gonna catch up with you. Yeah, one, I'm gonna catch up with you. You can't. You can't be. You can't have one foot in both of them. And you know, being young and arrogant, even then, I'm thinking I'm talented enough to be Tony Montana and Deion Sanders at the same time. You know what I mean? I was that arrogant and uh, caught up with. You know what I mean? So you, you you gotta you gotta pick one or the other. I mean, you know, if, even if you pick the streets, it's a chance. Things are still not going your favor, even if you're full-time in that, because I've been full-time into that, you know. But I, I never did get football my full energy, and that's what I ended up regretting. But by the time you realize that, you got a sentence that's so long, you know, by the time you see the light again, you ain't going to be at that age that you can play ball. You yeah, know? So you yeah. just got to accept, like, yo, I, 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 yeah, I messed that one up. Yeah. Killed that one. So, um, so uh, how'd you end up getting into the streets? Like, how'd you get involved in the streets? And do you remember the first time you made your first sale? Um, I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't remember the first sale, but I remember the first time I ran a, I did a, 
you know, I got in the game by doing a two for 20 from somebody older. Oh, yeah. I do remember the first time doing that. I was 12 years old. So basically, one of the older boys would give me, you know, two twenty rocks for twenty dollars, yeah. and then they tell, and then I run it to somebody for twenty dollars. I was still doing, I just go run it to somebody for twenty or twenty five dollars, and then I come back, they give me three dollars or two dollars, whatever. I go to the candy lady. So to me, I felt like I was in the game at twelve at that time because I felt like I was somebody. I was, I was important out the way, you know what I mean? And I'm in the back where I ain't supposed to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm in Williams Village. <laughs> that, that was my first pack, man. Uh, you know, the five twenties bring me back. A hundred. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you get five off of every 20. Yep, yep. It was getting pimped. <laughs> it, yeah, it was busting our head, man. I, I get to go on and on about how they bust my head until I was about 15. I realized, that, wait a minute, I got to buy a scale. <laughs> you know what I mean? These old heads killing me. Yeah, they was killing me, man. It was pinching me, man. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so fast forward, you know, you got into the game. Right. Um, things take off at some point. Um. You know, I did. I did a little bit of research, and you know, I know going. You started making those trips to New York. Mm-hmm. What was those trips? You know, how did that you know go from you know being local, getting your work from the two for twenties to now you going to, going up top? That's good. That's a good question. Uh, like when you say um, things took off, things took off a couple of different times for me. Like I said, I was committed to it, but when I first got in it. Out here, where, where I'm from, you know, drug dealer's dream is to get to a key. Yeah. You know what I mean? So getting to that first time when you get your own, that's like a rite of passage. Yeah. Like, yo, but man, I, I caught my first break. Yeah. You know, it was just like that for us around here. So I think I was about 18, and then came, you know, a situation came about that I could, you know, get up in New York and, and, and basically get my hands on one. And it, it still, it, it, even though it was my first time to buy my first kilo, it was just so much I had to go through, but I was game. I was yeah. all the way in, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, like, got, I got the money. I'm yeah, ready. yeah, yeah. I want my name on the walls. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, to me, all of this went all the way back to when I was a young boy seeing Tito. You know what I mean? It was like, it was my time. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm that into that lifestyle and how I'm going to live, so getting to get up there to get it. So anyways, we get that. I mean, once that happened, it was never the same. You know what I'm saying? It's never the same as when you on the block and you breaking down Nina or you breaking down a half a bird or whatever. It's never the same once you buy your first your first brick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Yourself. especially if you go back and then double, you know what I mean? It's, it's never the same no more. You can't see the game the same no more. You like you on another level that you, you know what I mean? It's 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 a hard fall down if you go from there. So even uh even even back then um even back then we we knew that we either had to go to New York or go to Florida if we wanted to get something cheap. Right, 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 right. Um that first trip to New York, um, y'all going, you, Tony, Panamanian uncle. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is, right. it, is it true you had to put up most of the money for the first pack? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a tough situation around that time. Um, like I said, Tony had took a loss down in Florida. He had took a loss for about think about 20k something like that you know like i said he was only yeah. like 18 19 so that was still a lot of money yeah but he was way down in florida trying to make a, a play or whatever and i was just dropping out of school in new york but i had that summer before i went to school i had left him some money left him and another one of my boys some money to flip for me while i was in school so but now that i'm dropping out i need my money or whatever so i can get back in but yeah he had just ended up getting you know 
in a bad bad spot, losing his money. So the opportunity to get back up to New York happened, and um, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a no brainer. Just yeah. you know, if I got it, I put it up. We just move it together, go from there. I mean, I know he he he. You know, Tony had the. Uh, <sighs> you know, he had the the connections with everybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I like to stay back and stay out of the way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not be seen, and, and, you know, or what have you. And uh, but bro, he everybody liked him. He had to smile. He could just reach out, boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? Yeah, smile. Yeah, so you know, but that's my man. So I can, bro. Here, you, let's do this. I don't need nobody to know I'm here. Whatever the case may be. So that's how I went. And like I said, it was never the same after that. No more. Everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed after that. Everything, even me and bro. Everything just changed, man. You know, the game just changed. The area changed. It, you know, that's when Bari and everybody, it just, it, everything just expanded and exploded, and it was never the same again. Yeah, um, you mentioned something I was going to ask you next. Um, like you say, um, everybody went this way, that way. Right. Um, everybody blew up. Um, you were low-key blown up, but, you know, nobody knew because you decided you was going to stay on the corner where everybody, you know, Everybody yeah. got off the corner. You stayed. What what made you you know want to stay and, and and just be low key like that, and 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 not had a limelight on you like like Tony or Barry and them guys did. Uh, I I I can't say it in a way where what I chose to do, Tony and Barry wasn't that ain't what they wanted to do. I can't say it like that, but just ask for because you know the way Barry came up in the area was different. Yeah, how I came up. The way Tony came up in the area was different than how I came up. So for me, how I came up, like I said, well, I'm, I'm from Williams Court, Shady Rest. You know what I mean? So once you join that crew, you know what I'm saying? I'm like from the Little Rascals from around there. But once you join that crew, Forever. you in. You know what I'm saying? But everybody can't get in here. It's, it's real hard to get in here. So you know what I mean? I Those are my peoples. That's where I'm going to stay. So if this is where they're going to be still out here, I'm going to be where my people still going to be. It don't make a difference to me how much money I got. You know what I mean? I still want to be me at the end of the day. You know, I, and I would rather my peoples that I like to be around, I would rather they had the same amount of money as me too as opposed to me rushing to get new friends. Now, getting associates to continue doing business, that's something different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But these guys who I like to be around, who I came up with, who I know how they're going to move when, you know, things get hot or get pressure or whatever, I'm going to keep them around. I'm going to make sure they straight. Team is strong that way, you know, so, but. That's, uh, that says a lot about your character. And um, that's one thing that, you know, I, I've had, I have heard about you and I've seen, you know, you're a very loyal guy, man. Um, um, when everybody, you know, when guys are going to prison, penitentiary, things like that, you know, they always say, you know, Ron is one of those guys going to make sure they got money on their books and you're going to make sure your guys is all right. Um, so that, that, that speaks definition about your character, man, and, and how important is that to you? I mean, I, I keep it honest with you, Jay. It it, it's, it, was, it was came a time when, you know, the boys was locked up. I mean, I had the hot hand out here. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just how it is. When you got the hot hand, you gotta you pay your dues. That's just how I believe in right. it. That's how I play. You know what I mean? You respect what's going on. So when I had the, I had the hot hand for about good, a strong four years, real low. So, I mean, you know, I'm what, supposed what, to make what, sure what the boys is good. About? Like, what, what time frame was this, uh, those four years? I would say... Two thousand one, two two thousand one to two thousand four. Okay, yeah, man, that's that's decent, man, because you don't find too many people like that. 
um, you know, we talk about, you know, things taking off and, you know, people blowing up. Um, you know, you and Tony was real tight growing up in the game, everything. When, when Tony got into the music biz, did that affect your relationship? Uh, no. Nah. No, nah, because when he got into the music business, I was still, I was locked up. I was in New Jersey. Serving doing time in New Jersey, but I was in the half. No, I was yeah, I was in the halfway house in New Jersey in, in Newark, serving time. So I was up there, and um, so I was was hitting him on the phone. When I remember calling him one night. This was ninety nine, ninety eight. I was calling him on the phone one night from the cell before I went in to the halfway house. He was like, "Yo, man, these dudes want me to be their manager in the music business." And I'm like, "Yo, I'm like who? Who you talking about?" He's like, "Some guys is with Pharrell." Now he knew I knew Pharrell because yeah. Pharrell is family and just going to PA and all of that. So. I knew, you know, you knew the name, even though I wasn't hanging around or whatever. So he was like, yeah, Pharrell, they, 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 I'm the Pharrell, Pharrell made music for him. They want me to be their manager. So I'm like, yo, what's their name? And he was like, something like Smith and, it, it wasn't Smith and Wesson, but it had something to do with guns, I, yeah. I believe. You know, because they had to end up changing it or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so I was up there when he got it. So when he told me about it, my thought process was, you know, I'm in jail. Like, you still going to be who you is. But that's going to be an opportunity for you to, like, pull everybody in, you know what I'm saying, learn everybody. the game and get in or whatever. So, no, nah, I didn't change nothing for real because he was kind of already doing it when I came home. And so I just was able to come home and see how everything was going. So, Okay, so you got a chance to be around after he was already in. Um, did you have your own relationship with the Clips and the Neptunes? I know you mentioned Pharrell and, you, you know, you knew the family and stuff. No, well, yeah, me and Pharrell, we, we related, you know what I mean? Okay. We, we related. And, oh, Williams. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We we related, but we not. You know, <laughs> I mean, we we ain't we didn't grow up in the same backyard or nothing like that. You know what I mean? But from just the whole Williams clan, and um, so when we see each other, it's always it's love. Still, he's the same guy. Even then, when I had just I had came home at that time, I didn't um I hadn't talked to Pharrell in years since high school or whatever. And um, but when I came home, like I said, Tony was with them. And I remember they was he was doing the song for Maya and Beanie Man. Mm. Uh, uh, so we went to the studio up there. Yeah. Well, actually, he was playing that for us. And then I remember, uh, I think, Unrevera, whoever, somebody came in, and they they played the, the mob deep, and Lil' Kim was like, yo, this is ready to drop right here, whatever. So, uh, But anyways, Pharrell was up there playing the Beanie, uh, Beanie Man and uh, Maya song. And I went to him, I asked him, I was like, yo, I want to ask you a favor. He stepped in the other room with me, so I asked him to, you know, make a call somewhere, get somebody some advice for me, blah, blah, blah. And he hadn't seen me in years, bro. And, you know, and this person that I asked him for was very close to me, you know what yeah. I mean? So he did it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He did it. He hadn't seen me in years, and he was already making songs with, you know, big-time people song, still man. at that time from around the way, and he hadn't seen me in years. We, we didn't hang out when we were younger. We, we found out we were cousins, and then we, you know, it was love. But when I asked him that, man, he did it, so... You know what I mean? That's that's the extent of me knowing Pharrell. Like, yo, he's 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 genuine to me as far as what he showed me. But wow, wow, wow! Sounds like that Williams loyalty there. Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Hampton whole Hampton Roads plan seems like they're all related. But let's pause for a second. All right. We got to pause. It's getting really interesting. I am excited about what's going down. Spellbound the podcast. <laughs> Of Spellbound the podcast is powered by Head Start Biz Solutions. You're trying to achieve financial freedom? Go right now. Head Start Biz, B I Z.com. Here's what's going on credit consulting, history leasing, business formation, business planning. 
business credit, website development, merchant accounts, business funding, accounting, Head Start Biz, B-I-Z.com. Wanna achieve financial freedom? You gotta go there right now. Now back to Spellbound, the podcast, The Beach Chronicles. So compelling. <laughs> so I want to um, I want to rewind just a little bit because when yes. I asked you, um, did that affect you and Tony relationship? I didn't realize you had already you were already on your first bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we, yeah. We go all the way back to the mud. Yeah, no, nah, I, I mean uh, I didn't know this. You were already doing time when he started doing the music with uh, the clips in them. Yeah, um, like, like maybe I mean it was literally like. Me coming home, and he was just getting the chance to start hanging around. Like, he hadn't even got the job yet. He was still, it was like he was in uh, training. Like, we're going to see if we're going to give it to you. It was, it was crazy. That Your first bit, that, that came out of you taking those trips to New York, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were actually in, in locked up out of state. How did yeah, that I was happen? locked up in Jersey. Was that a fed? No, that was state. Okay. It was how, a state bit. How, how, did, how did that happen? How did you, you know, get, um, get, get jammed up on that? Man, um... I think if you remember, I told you when I transferred from the school in Kansas, I came home that summer in 95, me and a couple of my brothers, we kind of, we sat in Ridge on fire, like came with a plan and we, it was like 24 hours every day. You know what I'm saying? It was a, it was a plan. It, looking back, of course, you know, that was destruction, but it was a plan. So we yeah. set it on fire. But anyways, I ended up catching a secret indictment. So that's how, from charges, they said I sold to an undercover when I was out there. Which in, in the beach? In in Northridge. I sold to uh I ended up going to court for that. Well not a funny story, but I ended up going to court because I took them to trial. I ended up going to court for that. And so they had to play the recording in court to say because yeah. I know I didn't walk up to a car three times to give nobody I won't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was I was running the hood at that time. Yeah, yeah. So they played the recording and then I heard it and I heard the voice. It was <laughs> it was one of my homies. <laughs> and I heard him talking and it, it was it was crazy, man. And um Every time, and then they each record, and it was different voices in it. And I, I heard the people that was out there. You know, I knew the people that was out there. So, but, you know, once they had me in there, it was what it was. But, um, yeah, so I had caught that charge. Did you beat that beat charge? No, nah, I was, I was that, that's, that's a wild story. I ended up, the, the first, <laughs> the first indictment, the first indictment that I caught out there, I didn't know I had. But when they arrested me, they jumped out on me on Southgate. I was on Southgate on a bicycle in 95, and they yeah. just surrounded me like 15 cars, and I ran. I got the drugs off of me, and I ran ran down the street further. They got me on the ground, and this is the kicker on that one. They ended up planting dope on me. Oh, wow. Now, I knew the dope was gone because I know yeah. what I had. I knew that, you know, it was, it was crack, and it was in rock, so I threw it, got rid of it all, and uh, ran the other way and cut. You know, they threw me down, beat me up, slapped me around with the gun, and then they throw me in the back of the car, like, yeah, we got your ass now. I'm like, how? We got something. Like, got something. So they got the light on. I'm looking through the back, you know, looking through the window. And they put it up there. They got something, just some weird looking, yeah. some ridiculous looking drugs or whatever up there. So I'm like, damn. You know, I never, I thought this was just in the movies that they yeah, planted yeah. on you. So anyways, that's what they had me down there for. And um, that's the one I ended up beating. Because when okay. they got me for the, my, uh, the indictment from they said I sold to the undercovers, right. Uh, 
they threw that first charge out because the guy, the cop that arrested, that planted the dope on me, ended up getting caught in an undercover sting in oh, Strawberry wow. Square, like oh. literally by a state trooper. So all his drug cases got throughout. Oh, wow. So I wow. beat it under those priests. I, I got a book that I wrote, and I actually write, I put that story in the book, so it's based off a true story. But, um, so yeah, that's how I ended up catching that charge and um, having that. And eventually, while I was out, while I was fighting those charges in court, going to court or whatever, I'm still out hustling. Yeah. So me and one of my homies, I get them like, yo, bro, I'm going up to Harlem. So I go up through Spanish Harlem. I'm wild, and we count we kamikaze back then. We're yeah, just yeah. trying to get on. So I go up through Spanish Harlem, uh, grab a break on the way back, get knocked off as soon as we get off on the turnpike. And so well, then as all the cases start coming to a head, I'm, that's when I'm in Virginia State playing ball. Oh, yeah. And then I, my, my, my case in Virginia finally come to a head. I got to go do my time. So while I'm doing my time in Virginia, the case in Jersey come to a head. They come expedite me, take me up to Jersey, give me my time, bring me back to Virginia. Take me back to Jersey, and uh, did they run into that time concurrent, or you had to do it all separate? Yeah, they, yeah, they did. They ran the last couple months, like five months of the Virginia time, in with the Jersey time. But you know, Jersey was different from Virginia. I was, I made parole, so you know, they gave me a five year sentence, but I, I did like uh, twenty months, and they let oh, me okay. make parole. So I was like, wow, no wonder these Jersey niggas be going back in all the time. <laughs> it's too did sweet. You, uh, did you get the? Um, did you come back to Virginia right after you got out, or you stayed up there? Bro, I was supposed to stay up there. I got out because once you're in a halfway house, if you want to, if it takes longer, if you try to get an address to move out of state, you got to stay oh, yeah, in a halfway yeah, house longer. Yeah, yeah. So if you get an address up there, you can get out fast. It's a, out of interstate compound? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But uh, I went. On, I got a, a girl to let me use her address. But, you know, I couldn't stay there or do nothing just so if the uh, pr- probation officer came by. So I'm supposed to be there, but I'm down in Virginia, down here back hustling again. And running up there every two weeks to go Just take to drug tests and all that. And I'm drinking the fluids on the bus to flush my system out on the way up there. Just walking in there. To, it was I was wilding, bro. I was I was fast, foot to the pedal to the metal the whole way. Yeah. Going hard. So you came home in uh, what, 2001, you say? 2000. Uh, no, nah, from, that, from that Jersey bit, I went in 96 and came home in 99. Oh, 99. Okay. Yeah. So things is really, I mean, you come home that things is really blowing up in the streets now? Uh, for me, like I said, you know, it was. Yeah, 95 is when I cop, I get my first brick. You know what I mean? So I see everybody who's doing what and who ain't doing it. Yeah. So by the time I, you know, run the streets from 95 to 96, and I'm in it the whole way, I'm out of state, I'm just the whole year going. So I do my bid in 96, come back 99. Now it's just, it's more of, me around. Yeah. More dudes is like me around. It's like I was rare in 95. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, yeah, oh, shit, was. everybody like. 95, we 18, 19. Yeah, and now it's like it's a lot of them. There's a lot of me's out there, whatever. I mean, they, you know, as far as hustle-wise. But pedigree, you know, they didn't come up. Like, I came up in the streets all night. Was yeah, eight, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Weeks and months at a time. But still, the money was flowing. So, like you said, the, 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 it just made it more accessible for more individuals who was willing to get out and get that bread. So that's why, you know, the area, like, started taking off like crazy. Everybody was getting money. Yeah. Carriage House, Bay Arms, uh, Aragona, they was getting it deep in Aragona, you know what I mean? It yeah. was, it's, it's, like, it was, the money was crazy around that time. So um, being in the game, you know, it, it, it gave you opportunity to travel and, and, and uh, even, even go to different countries during that time, right? Am I correct on that? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, how was that, you know, how did that influence you? How did that, 
opened up the world to you, you know, going to those different countries and traveling like that in the game? Well, it helped, it, it helped me a lot because coming up around base and arms, around the time when I got about 17 or 16, I got tired of all the fighting. They, you know what I'm saying? I got yeah. tired of fighting because I go to school and I see y'all and we like each other. You know, like, yo, yeah. we, we cool. Like, man, this dude cool, yeah. man. So it started to not make a lot of sense to me. So I just started thinking, man, I need to start getting away. That's why when they gave me an offer for a scholarship, I went to the furthest place I could go. They said, Kansas. I'm like, is that the farthest place? They would say, yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'm going there. Let's go. Coach was like, is that easy? I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to go. Yeah. They sent me out there, whatever. So um, that was already my mindset. So by the time when I got in the game and, you know, the money started getting good, I used to always say to myself, we know how this game can possibly end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Either you got a sentence you can't come back from or you got a death sentence you can't come back from. So I would just tell myself, I got to do stuff while I'm here so I can have some memories, you know, to think back, to look back on regardless what happened. So I would just, you know, I'd take off and go to London. And they'd be like, yo, what you, you know in London? I said, nobody. I just get dropped off, go fly out there, drop off, and then start talking and mingling and meeting people, and boom. You know, so I started going down. To, back then, I started was going to Mexico a lot, you know, hitting up Mexico, and, you know, I had some people in Panama. But my whole mindset was just go get open to how these people live in wherever they at, you know yeah. what I mean? And every time you do something like that, you, you you make your mind switch speed, switch gears. So you force something different to come out of yourself because you got to adapt and change, you know what I mean? And every time you do that, it's like adding more on of yourself. So I just kind of got addicted to that, I think. So Yeah, you, you're definitely different, bro. <laughs> uh, that's, that's something else that, you know, some of your, your people told me, like, you was always that mastermind. You always thinking and, and, and planning. Um, so at this time... Mastermind, strong word. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, being so heavy in the game, did, did you already know when, when the people came and got you, it was going to be the feds that came and got you? <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, you know what? Yeah, I can't lie because at the time, the, the crime that I was committing, yeah, I knew it would be federal if they yeah. grabbed me, you know what I mean? <laughs> I would know throughout the course of a day or a month you talking about a guy that's 365 days out of the year. I broke the law 350 days of the year. Right. You know what I'm saying? So th- that I got to have 350 good days. You know what I'm saying? Out of, out of the 365, I got to have 350 where I'm on my A game. Police just got to strike it up one time out of that 365, and they got me. So, you know what I mean? Uh, I pretty much knew. Depending on which crime I was committing, if it was state or it was fair, if it was state, it was fair. So I would kind of live my life in a way that would kind of keep me protected from the state when I knew what kind of reach they had. And then I, the feds, you, I mean, if you want that money, you got to go out there at that time. If that's the life you was choosing, that's right. not what I advocate right now. But if you, if now, you want, these are some old stories. Yeah, these, yeah, yeah, definitely is old. So if you, if you wanted the money, you got to go take them fed chances. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to go take the fed chances if you want the bread. That's where it's at. You know, but I want I wanted that kind yeah, of I do bread. I see a half a million without the FBI catching feeling. Without the FBI catching feeling, that's hard, boy. Yeah. That's hard, but I've seen it done a lot. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It happens. You just it's, it's all about the mentality and the mindset then at that time. I mean, so I figure if it can work out there in the streets with nothing, with something that's really set to be a death trap to end you, if you can get bread out there, it's not no reason why you can't get bread in the legal world. It's not no reason why you can't flip in this corporate world. Just bring that mentality over here yeah, with you. Just got to change that engine. Yeah. That energy and something different. That, that's it, man. It's all about the information. Yeah, we're going um, to take a, a quick break, and then um, we're going to jump right back into it. Kyle. All right. 
Woo! This segment of the Spellbound. So compelling. Beach yes, sir. So, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, feds and everything. <clears throat> when you caught your next case, that did end up being a federal federal case, right? Yeah, yeah, my last case. Yeah, that was a federal case uh, out in New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, how did you end up catching that case? Uh, let me see. They, uh, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Uh, I definitely was somewhere I had no business being, but um, I was on my way. I was on my way back to Virginia. I had some, well, they say I had a suitcase with kilos inside of it, but it wasn't on mine, on my person. So, but uh, they, they said it, you know, they found a way to put it on me. Well, they found a way that they made me believe it was in my best interest to just accept that that's mine and plead guilty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and get out of the way. So, you know, I, I pled guilty to the situation, and um, that's how the fair bid started. So in a situation like that, that's what I meant. I, you know when you're doing a federal charge, like, man, if I get caught today, it's gonna be this is fair time, you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, that definitely, I knew that was fair. So you catch the fair case. Um, I know that they get their time out in months. Um, how much time did you and actually getting in years? Um, I got, they gave, that first one, they gave me 100, 115 months. For, for us, though? For us that can't add, what is 115 months? Uh, it was like uh, <laughs> nine, nine years and set, what was that seven months or something like that? What is it? 120 is 10, five, oh, yeah, something like that. What, what was the charge actually for? for that? Uh, what the hell? Drug traffic. Drug trafficking. Yeah. So when the feds come, mm-hmm. they come a little bit different, right? Um, you know they they. You already know when they come in to get you, they got a, a 99 point something conviction yeah, yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah, it's like automatic. Yeah. So when they get you, they want you to work with them to cut that time down. There's one thing about, you know, when you went and did your bid mm-hmm. that I never heard your name mentioned in any kind of way that you helped work with them. How, how important was that to you to keep your name clean? Well, important in the sense where, you know, you got a guy like me, I only, the people I got money with are like brothers, to, were brothers to me, you know what I mean? I know they're kids, it's, it's, it's real family. It's not like trying to imitate the Italians or anything, but it's yeah. really like they're my family. Yeah. Like I told you, from the dirt, from the mud, so it's really not even, it ain't, I, I can't even really, Say it gets to the point where I got to decide if it's important or not. It's just something that can't. You don't have nobody to even play that type of game. Who you? You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't do that to anybody. So just for me, I mean, I gotta. You know, I ain't gonna tell on my family. You know what I mean? And I ain't just gonna just start telling or whatever the case may be. So it's like you know, some guys you kind of you're a prisoner of your own values, and it just kind of happens like that. You are who you are. You know what I mean? So and then you know everybody got different situations they're being. 
as far as me, I mean, I, I ain't telling on no, telling on my family. So I, I do my, I would do my crimes in a way. You know how I said I would know today if it's fed or today if it's state. Yeah. I would always still, even if I might have been the dude that had the connection, I would still be doing my part of the crime in a way that if something go wrong, it's just gonna be me to take the fall. You know what I mean? So if I just shut up, nobody else is gonna get into nothing. Right. You know what I mean? And we just move on. That's pretty much how the situation went. So I, I, I mentioned the attribute that you have been called mastermind, and you said that was a deep name. That is the thinking of a mastermind right there, bro. Uh, <laughs> you're no. already thinking about how to keep everybody else separate from whatever it is you're doing in a way to protect them. You know, I, I just, you know, I call it. Uh, I just feel like everybody got a role. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if that's my role, that's my role. That's what I bring to the table. That's what I bring to the table. You know. So you catch this Fed case. They sentence you to basically 10 years in prison. Mm-hmm. When you go away, um, you already got kids, right? Yeah, I just had I just had four boys, man, at the time. I had like a four-year-old and three-year-old twins and a 18-month-old. How hard was that for you to be separated from your boys? That was a death blow. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's when I had it. And I'm I'm saying that just because I listened to the way you described the part that your father played in your life. Yeah. So, you know, the the goal, the objective was is do the, you at least do the same thing my pops did for me, but a little better. Yeah. Because you know, remember I told you he was in college at the time. He was yeah. a young boy, only 18 years older. I was 25 years older than my boys. But, yeah, that was a death blow, bro. When I had to, I mean... Yeah, you knew you was gonna have to go do all this time, but it's it, it comes to the point in that situation where you also now you accepting, damn, I ain't gonna see my kids for the next such and such years. I ain't gonna see this woman I love no more for the next couple of years. They gonna be struggling, and you know what I mean. And you got to come to grips and accept that my my grandma's old. I hope she can make it. You know, I hope this person in the family is. You know, man, I was paying bills over here. I was paying bills over there. You know, and so when you you. When you come to grips with that first one, like, yo, you're not going to see your kids grow up no more, that's the death blow. And for me, that's something I had always wanted. So at that point, at that stage in the game, something died when I had to accept that that day. Something died inside me that never been able pretty much to get that back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did um, I did almost seven years, man. Uh, I went to prison when I was 19 years old. Um, my wife, uh, she wasn't my wife at the time. Um, we had two kids. Um, one was one years old. One was born premature. So the her first month she spent almost in the hospital. She came home for like a week, and then after that I went to prison from her coming home for like a week. So, yeah, uh, you know, you know, being taken away from your kids, man, is it, it, it's it hurts. It hurts yeah. not being able to be there with your kids and watching them grow up. Um, she bring them to come and see me, and they think are we going? Are we going to see, we going to daddy house this week? Wow. They, you know, she ride up. They see the fences. Oh, that's Daddy House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's crazy. Days too. <laughs> um, so you do your ten years. You come home, and one of your missions is to get your boys, right? Yeah, yeah. Two of them were in foster care. Is that the twins? Yeah, the twins were in foster care in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So, um, you know, that was eat. That was killing me. Like the whole last two years of my bid. That was I found out the last two years of my bed that that's what was going on. So that was eating me. And then I came home, and I was only here. I was only out for like a year from doing ten years. You know, I'm a hardcore yeah. street dude. 
just I'm saying into the streets. I wasn't yeah, like yeah. a tough guy. But I'm into the streets full-fledged since I'm 12 years old. It's really all I know is yeah. hustling and playing football. I didn't yeah. never had a job, never did any of that. You know what I mean? I just either got money or, or played football. And now, I, then I go do time, 10 years, straight 10 years, you know, that's an unnatural life, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why there's more blacks and browns in there than it is anything. Because that's a very unnatural life. And, and, and the way what it does to your spirit, it, 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 it's a test. It's a test on your spirit like every day. You, man. It like just destroy you. You know what I mean? So to you to take the energy, to channel the energy, to just fight that off while I'm in there for 10 years, after being nothing but a street dude, then I come home and all of a sudden I got to be a full-time dad. Man, like I said, all that stuff I went through, single parent life is that's <laughs> hard it's hard it's hard money man i i'm i want to get a little bit in more about you know your kids but yeah you're right man P- prison is designed is designed to break you man um you know you did you went to the feds mm-hmm. and before that you went to prison out of state mm-hmm. um i went to prison in virginia so i got to see dudes that we know we've been around and some of them guys man you know they on pills now right because the the system is f them, fuck them up, man. The system yeah. is fuck them up. Yeah, they, they don't even recognize you no more. You know, they taking so many pills that you like. Yeah. You don't even. They don't even know who you are. They don't even know you no more. But that was like that. You, I mean, you seen it all the time. You seen yeah. dudes in there. You see them running to the med line. Yeah, med line. Med, you see pill them running. Med line, pill call, pill call. You see them running. But you, you, you I mean, we already got to understand. The only reason they even have so many prisons is because. It's, it's a way to, to move the money. Make money. It's a way for them to make yeah. the bread. So wow. they don't need us to come home alive. They don't need us to come home healthy. They just need us to get get you know get a couple of years out. Just do yeah. get whatever you got to get out of them and yeah. make money. I mean that, that, that's how you replace. That's how they replace slavery. That's wow. how they kept making money off yeah. of slavery. Like okay, well we gonna do that. Well let's 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 increase these numbers right here since we're gonna give up the slavery. So it really in a way it never actually really changed in that regard. So yeah, man, it's uh it's good. not even mentioned tough private. Prisons. Yeah, not even not even to mention the private prisons. Not even to mention that. So, uh, then we play ball like that. You know, it's 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 hard for us to beat. So yeah, man. So you come home, two kids in foster care. How did you end up getting your other two boys? Or you know, what what made you go get them? And you know, what, what was their situation? Well, you know, um, my two boy, my other two boys, they were they were they were pretty good. You know what I mean? They, I mean. Are they about the same person? Yeah, they about the same woman. And, you know, my mom, my grandma, my, my sister, my aunts, lot of, you know, a lot of, they got raised by a village the whole time. You know, my and my twins did too. They got raised by a village as well. But, you know, the situation just went however it went. But, you know, they my all my kids had, had a lot of love growing up, even though I wasn't here. It's just when you're dealing with the black family, things can happen. They can fall the wrong way. You know, child protective services come to the house, anything can happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can end up leaving and don't make no report, or all of a sudden, now they keep coming back, coming back, coming back, and then you know anything could happen after all of that. But my two boys in in Virginia, they was cool. You know, they was just more on some, you know, bro, not having no dad. They didn't really know who they were. You know what I mean? Like they, they mom, being you know, well, I mean it's it's, it's the choice she had made. But you know, I had, I had asked her not to ever have no dudes around my my boys while I was gone. You know, me and her had a bond like that. We was yeah. that tight. Yeah. And I asked her, and uh, I can't say that she that's what she stuck to, but my kid, they never was around a dude the whole yeah. time. They never saw dudes. And, you know, she let my family step in and do everything that needed to be done. So my, they had never done that. So, but at the same time, I think that might have hurt them. 
Yeah. Because not being around a dude or saying anything, they ain't really have no identity on who they was, you know. They two little black boys, but they, you know, yeah. they didn't know. You know, they were still, they was in the mindset of, well, we all just everybody, we all just equal, we all just people. That's true. We all all just people. But, son, you got to know where you come from and, and what's running through you, what's running through your veins. For you to know yourself one day and to figure yourself out, you need to know the history of what you are. And That's then you good, can get man. into all this we all are one type of stuff and keep it moving. But you still got to know what tribe you come from. Yeah, so. there's one thing. Um, when I, when I was still in the jail, you know, I got my sentence. I, you know, I was sentenced to seven seven years, um, and that's I got sentenced under the new law back in '95 when we had to do 85 percent of the time. Yeah, and I was in jail, man, and I should be kind of be stressed out about what my girl was doing uh, with the kid, you know. Right. But the old head told me he did a couple beers. He was like, he's like young blood. He <laughs> said, man, don't worry about what that girl doing on their streets. Yeah, he said you're gonna be here for the next seven years. Man, that's the best game he could ever get. And it did. You, it helped me. It helped me get through my <laughs> my prison time because I can't control what she's doing out here. Yeah, she yeah, still got to yeah. get her life. I chose this life. She didn't choose that life. Exactly. So I can't put her life on hold for what I decided to do and what caused me to go to prison for seven years. So that helped me get through it, and that helped us. Um, and she always said, like, you know, no matter what I'm doing out here, when you come home, your spot is here. When you get home, you got to, you got to, you got to respect that. Yeah. And, and my spot was there. I came home, and she had a place for us to come, for me to come to. You got to respect that. My kids that. were there. <laughs> um, a couple months later, I got out in uh, July of 2001, February 2002, man, we was married. We got five kids now. We got three grandkids. Her, 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 her loyalty was rewarded. Her loyalty <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, um, it, it was, and, and, and the way she played it, she played it right. Yeah, she, she did, got everything man. she wanted, and it's, that's how it, it's, you know, that's how it should go. That's how it should go. But, you know, stories, they, like, be different everywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, I I know some good women. You know what I mean? I can't blame them for why a situation didn't work with me. Because clearly I'm a common denominator in any good woman I ever dealt with. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So clearly it's some <laughs> issues got to be over here on this way, on, you know what I mean, on my end or whatever. So I can't blame the good women that I knew when I went to prison why it still didn't work out with however with us. You know, I would put more of the blame on me, if anything. You know yeah. what I mean? From my mind being discombobulated and again, that's not a natural situation. Yeah. So and then when you're out in the streets before then, you ain't thinking natural because you don't really have no identity or no true knowledge of yourself or who you are. So you spend so many years running crazy. You don't even know when you got your heaven right there in front of you and you're just supposed to act right. You know what I mean? But well said. The, the crazy thing is, you said um, it's not a natural situation, but for us, man, we normalized that so much, man. It, it became a normal situation for right. us. Um, you know, either our parents gonna be on drugs. You know, we gonna, we got to get out here and, and do what we got to do to survive, sell drugs, fight, kill, shoot, and it's, it was either one way out. We, I mean, uh, not one way out. It was just it was either we were either going to prison, or we were going or we were gonna die. If you, and, if, and, and to add on to your point, what you just said, if you really think about it, that's basically insanity, bro. Yeah. For us to know everything you said, yep. and then we know, like, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. At some point, we got to stop and be like, yo, wait a minute, wait a minute. This can't be everything it is for us, right? This can't be all right here. You telling me this all we supposed to have right here? We yep. can't get no, we can't get past this. So, you know, at that time, we know it's, it's some trickery going on. Yeah. It's some trickery going on. Um, And then something else you just said, um, you know, we didn't have knowledge of self. We didn't know who we were, who we who we are. Um, and, you know, 
and I, you you never told me this, but just conversating with you, you do have knowledge of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes, and, sir. And, and y'all had that for a long time. I, I got it when I went to prison. Oh, okay. You got it before prison. Yeah, yeah, I got it before prison, which was Ooh. heavy. I, heavy introduction to it? Well, or, or you no, saying, I was you saying, saying it was heavy? heavy. But heavy no. did play, actually, heavy from my neighborhood, older OG, he did actually play a part in me in me on my early days in my path, of getting my knowledge. So he, he was around. It, is it somebody that gave it to him? But did heavy get locked up? I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. I think you know, having he was going up to uh, New York around the time, so he was okay. up in Harlem. Okay. You know, he had the lessons yeah, yeah. up there, and he was just up there with the guards building and whatnot. So I think he just he just had a few things. You know what I mean? But uh, for me, it didn't really. It didn't start like that with me. How for me, it started like when I went to Kansas in '94. Uh, went out to Kansas that first semester, and then I came home for the, the winter semester. And I was I think I was riding with Tony or somebody. And we was riding. And uh, it's on Tone G. Yeah, Tone G. And okay. we was talking about something like everybody around this time. Everybody out basic arms was going rock. Y'all, y'all got a couple of Tony's legends from the way. Yeah, so. we got Tony Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> we got yeah. But uh, at the time, '95, everybody was going roster. So I remember Tony just saying something about pork. You know what I mean? He was like, "Man, don't nobody be eating pork no more." So I'm like, "Yeah." So I start look. I went and started looking it up. You know, I'm just coming home from my first semester from college, and it yeah. just so happens I stopped eating meat when I had went out there. Just I didn't like it. But anyways. Uh, so that's how it kind of started. So I started looking up the pork. And then, you know, I'm, we, we were, was in the Bob Marley. Bob Marley sit on eating. So right around that time, like 19, when I'm thinking, nah, I got to stop eating this garbage. Yeah. This stuff ain't, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's killing me or whatever. And, uh, you know, the more research I did, I just kept finding more about the food. But I didn't really have no knowledge. I was just learning don't eat. This is 95. So uh, funny story, but not really funny. The Remember I was telling you about buying that first kilo? Yeah. When I take the trip up to New York with, 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 with Tone and my Panamanian uncle, and uh, the day when I bring, because I ended up actually transporting it back and taking, putting it back, putting it in the bag and bringing it back with me because I had a couple pistols up there at the, where I was staying for school, so I had to get my pistols in, in it. So I had everything in the bag. And um, But the next day after that, when I bring all that back, first kilo I ever scored, oh, now I got, you know, come back the next day. Like I said, Tony's moving it because he got to connect. So I, we just get we we stay up all night. We breaking it down. We on the stove. We cooking whatever, whatever. Tone hit the streets the next day. So you know, and I'm at the crib chilling or whatever. And um, I realized at that time, I don't want to go into the whole story because it'll it take forever. But I had to go down to the old neighborhood to try to buy a hoopty or whatever. Okay. So on my way to go buy the hoopty. They pull up, and when Witched Up Road, they pull up out of everywhere, like patrol cars. They're running up on the curb, surrounding me in the circle. That's when they get me because they say I got a secret indictment for being okay. out in North Ridge around that time. Yeah, that, that, that's the first one. So they, they, they grabbed me for that. They grabbed me for that, pulled me in. And um, this is the day after. I just brought that kilo back at that time. Yeah, so it, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a crazy time. Around that time, you know, because yeah. every, everything was on the line at the time. So I was trying to figure out what my life was going to be at that time. You know, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a big jam. So so the day after you buy your first kilo, you get hit with a secret indictment. Yeah, I get hit with a secret indictment the day after, bro. And That's the day crazy. after. And the, the f- you didn't get a chance to enjoy your moment. Not at all. I'm <laughs> sorry I got knocked off the next day. And when they take me down there and they pulling me down to, the, to, to question me, you know, because back then they just pull you right in and start yeah. questioning. And while they riding down there, they like, yo, you you not uh 
No, you're not who we want. You're not who we want, man. Mm. You're not. So already. I'm like, all right. So, because, you know, I'm, I'm worried because I'm like, damn, do they know I just came back from, I'm only 18. Yeah. So I'm worried. Like, man, do they know I just came back from New York? And uh, so they asked me these questions and they start asking me names from around my way, dudes from Southgate. And, you know, but then they get to the last name and the name is, is Tony, the guy that I just came back from, you know, so up there with. So yeah. when they hit me with that, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking like, damn. They don't know. They don't have no idea what I just did yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's my, you know, what I'm saying. We, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know nothing about him. I don't even know he was doing none of yeah, that yeah. type of stuff. So they're like, all right, well, we taking you over there. So that's when they send me in there. So that week when they send me in there, you know, I got they give me like it give me a week to make bail. So I got to make bail. But while I'm in there, it's the Million Man March. Mm. And uh, that was a lot of for the Million Man March too. Oh, you was. So yeah. I'm in there playing cards, you know, being ignorant, doing what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, uh, a Farrakhan comes up there on the screen. And one of the old heads, he said, yo, man, y'all got no respect? And, you know, normally as young dudes, we want to get rowdy. And that was my first instinct, you know, when he say that. But yeah. when he say it, I kind of turn and look at the TV. And I just start hearing the man speak. And it was the first time ever, it was the first time ever in my life that a black man had grabbed my attention like that from the words that was coming out of his mouth. It wasn't like he was wow. preaching to me at that time. But he, the way he was saying and I was looking, I was looking at the TV, and it, in my mind, it was like, even, this is 95, and my mindset was still like, yep, damn, yep. a black man is on TV talking like that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he was. Was this he, Virginia Beach jail? Yeah, I was in Virginia Beach jail, yeah. yeah he was, was in there too around that time. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the jail, watching Million Man March from Virginia I, Beach jail. I, I turned 19, that day my birthday. It was the Million Man March, was like the day after my birthday. I was when's in jail. I was uh, 1995. No, when's your birthday? Uh, October 15th. Okay. Mine's November. So yeah, making me okay, feel yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I tell on my birthday and uh I had I was like, yo, black man on TV talking like that. And from there I, I was I was lit. So by the, when I got out, I was like, as soon as I got out, I, I had to get back to New York and start running up and down the highway still. So you can imagine the conundrum I'm in at that time because I'm 19. I just got a taste of knowledge of self, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had to find knowledge of myself and who yeah. I'm supposed to be. And I just got to the first, I just got to buying a kilo for the first time. So I'm at all, <laughs> yeah. put, you know what I mean? All different directions. It's a whole lot in the pot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm young. And yeah. I'm, so I'm young. I got money. I'm young. I got my boys. I'm strong. We do, we do, you know, we, we, we do everything. Yeah. And we, and we out here. So it, it was really, it was the most dangerous time of my life. They had that type had, of information. Uh, knowledge and. And you got a little paper. money and you got yep. the physical yep. power too at that time. So to be honest with you, I feel like it kind of all like threw me, it was too much for me. Yeah. And that's why I think I kind of, for real, the decisions I made end up sending me to prison so quick and so early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it just kind of played out like that. But to your back to your question, as far as the knowledge itself, after I got out, I started seeking, trying to find books and One find and things. One and more. So I just remember Heavy was already, I remember him just, you know. Always talking it. Being conscious in a, in a way, you know what I'm saying, here and there. So I would ask him about some things. And uh, he had what we call the lessons. He didn't have all of them, but he's had some of them. You know what I'm saying? Made me a copy. Like, 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 I'm yeah. about to ask you who, who knows 120 in a few minutes. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the lessons the days, on the dress. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, man, and we're gonna jump right back into it, man. I appreciate right. the conversation, man. It's good, no doubt. Spellbound, the podcast got the team on deck. Swagbound Podcast Network 2021. Yeah. It's the Beach Chronicles.
saving the best for last. I'm loving this whole concept, this whole interview process. It's been a journey. Spellbound, the podcast, Beach Chronicles. Man, real people, real stories. Through the trials and tribulations, through the journeys. Like we used to say back in Mecca, from knowledge born, born back to knowledge. Now back to the Spellbound, the podcast. It is so so compelling. So compelling. <laughs> Spellbound? Yes, sir. Um, so, we, you know, we learned a little bit about Ron, Ron Williams. We learned a little bit about Joshua Bang. We, we were real deep on Joshua Bang. <laughs> um, let's talk about Joshua Cyrus. Um, when was Joshua Cyrus born? Was, was that during, after, or before um, your 10-year bid in prison? That was during the uh, ten year bid, man. That was during the ten year bid, and, if you, and you know, first of all, my my, my four sons, you know, Solomon, Joshua, Jacob, and Osiris. So I came up with the names out of my son's name, but the, the whole character when I ended up because first I initially wrote books in the name of the main character is Joshua Osiris. Okay. So um, how that came about when I you know I was locked up and I kept seeing a lot of the young boys coming in. Bro, they was coming in, you know, they would have that look in their face, like, you look at them like, yo, that's somebody's baby, man. Somebody yeah. out, some woman at home, like, this yeah. is her baby. They 22, 23, and I'm like, yo, how much time you got? 22 years, 23 years, and I'm looking like, yo, it's, so it, start, it just clicked on me one day, like, yo, it, something is wrong. These jokers is, is, is just is banging us in the head like this at these early ages. Yeah. And so I thought back to myself, when I was 19, 18, when I caught the charges in the beast, mm -hmm. I took them to trial, Jay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like when they they had me, I, you know what I mean? They didn't have me on the on the, the secret indictments because I heard who was on the recordings. Right. But I had beat the other case where I threw drugs out. I mean, it, they offered me boot camp. Yeah. Okay? But yeah, I was yeah. so arrogant, yeah, I had so much money at the time. Cause like I said, I'm, I got kilo money. Man, I'm taking y'all to trial. So I took these jokers to trial 140 years. That's what I was facing that yeah. trial. Blue trial, I get 140 years. State time when they had just changed the law. Yeah. Douglas Wilder jumped in the office, yeah. then went to 85% time. 85%, yeah. So I'm young and I'm crazy. So I'm looking at these young boys later on in life like, yo, that could have been me. Yeah. I was crazy enough to go to, 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 to trial with the Commonwealth when they offered me boot camp. Yeah. That's how they scare you, man. They throw all yeah. the numbers, man. Like, look, you're facing life plus such and such. That's what I was facing, life plus such and such. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, your uh, guidelines is between three and ten years with a minimum of seven. Right. I'm like, uh, give me that that minimum, man. Yeah, give, me give, me that, that give me that medium. Give me that. Let me take that medium. <laughs> <laughs> no question, man. So when I'm I'm so I'm looking at that, I'm seeing these dudes, young boys come in, and at the time I had got caught up in a situation where I didn't have nothing to do with the case, but they pulled me back in it, and I was going, they was going to give me thirty years, and I didn't really have, I, didn't, I you know, I was sitting there, I was looking at the situation. It won't no way for me to get out of that situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was good. They had me, even though I didn't have nothing to do with it. The way they had the evidence that was gonna make it appear like I had something to do with the it. Feds. I was dead. Yeah, feds. I was dead. That was gonna. There was no jury in the world wasn't gonna give me the 30 years, yeah. and I was gonna go to it, take them to trial because 
I was already a career criminal. So no matter what, I'm going to get 30. So if I'm going to get 30, y'all going to spend this money. Yeah. I ain't just going to plead guilty to no 30. Yeah. If I know you're going to get it to me anyway, we're going to try. Y'all going to spend this money. Yeah. I'm going to get a suit. My, you know what I mean? My people come see me before it's said and done. But So I was going to go to trial. But, you know, that, that, that situation, I had to end up accepting that I'm ready to do the rest of my life. Yeah. Locked up. You know yeah. what I mean? I had to accept that fact. Like, yo, because I already was doing my 10. And now you're telling me you're going to add me another 30 on. So that's 40. I'm 32 at the time. So I ain't, I'm not coming home until I'm 70. So I actually accepted my fate that this I'm ready to be in prison the rest of my life. So as the young boys was coming in, 22, 23, 23 years old, I now started to look at them different. Like, because yeah. now I'm looking like, well, yo, they got me. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I fell a victim to it. So then as I started to study, that's how I started to get into the Illuminati and how they set up the system and then the laws and the uh, Council of Foreign Relations and just everywhere where Illuminati is set up or members of secret society. And, you know, it's probably not even as strong as it was at one time, but the damage is done from what they was doing in the 50s and whatnot. So I started to learn about that, and I started to see the whole trap, how they use food to poison us and things of that nature. And uh, so I'm looking at these young boys, and now I'm thinking like, yo, I'm ready to be done, but I got to figure out something to give me a little bit of light while I'm in here, not to just like, I can't let them kill me completely. Yeah. So I come up with a character. I'm, you know what? Everybody like to write. Everybody like to read books. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write these books, make these books since I, you know, I, I don't know, I, I just grew up, I could write or whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to make these books, but I'm going to make a character where he is a character who he start off life the same as every young boy that's coming to hear me to get 23, 22, going to trial for 140. So when these young boys coming in, they can pick up this book and kind of like the first volume and kind of like grow with this dude. Because yeah. in, the, in the, the character of Joshua Cyrus, he eventually go from a street wow. kid <laughs> to learning all about Illuminati and then kind of changing his life. And I don't want to tell it all in yeah. case anybody else wants to get into it. <laughs> this is heavy, man. He, he, he's birthed in there. Yeah, yeah he's, he's heavy. He's, so Joshua Cyrus is <laughs> birthed in the prison to keep me, just to give me some kind of fight back yeah. instead of just laying down. I haven't got a chance to read your books. I, I, I watched all your other stuff you created. Um, I definitely, you know, just basing off what you just said, man, the book definitely sounds interesting. And uh, I, I like to pick that book up, man. And, and Me check too, it out, Spell. Man, and go through it. Um, that book is based on a series, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and like you said, Jay, it's, it's so raw. Like when you first pick up the first book yeah. and read it, you think you got the everyday urban novel. Like, oh, man, there's everything going on in the street. That's all they talking about, the street stuff. And it probably not, it's not edited perfectly. Because like I said, yeah. I'm a street dude. I got locked up. I'm doing 10 years. Then I'm thinking I'm about to do 40. And I just start writing yeah. to put something together to stay alive, to keep me alive. And it so happens one of my boys end up getting me out of that situation with the 30. So I get out mm -hmm. one day. So I said, well, okay. man, I might as well still put the books out now and yeah. send them back to the prisons. Because yeah. in the Virginia Beach prisons, Joshua Cyrus is like a legend. Uh, that's not, not to go too deep in what you just said, but then it makes sense because I was wondering where the thirty was coming from. But you know, I kind of yeah. know the backstory. Yeah. Um, wow. So you got your books. Um, you got your character Joshua Cyrus, mm -hmm. which is based off your boys. Um, name wise, boys. Yeah, your name. Your name wise, book, not based off your boys because yeah. you're not even gonna put them in that book situation. Say, he, it, Joshua Cyrus is based off of every young Black American uh, yep. in, in the country, pretty much. You you mentioned uh, Illuminati, so you know we. You know, we hear a lot of stories about Illuminati. Mm -hmm. um, you definitely think Illuminati is uh, something real, right? I'm positive that they're real. Yeah. Sure yeah. enough, is yeah. I'm, I'm positive. I'm positive of that because when you're talking about Illuminati, a lot of people don't know Illuminati. Just the definition of that is just called the Illuminated Ones. And since the beginning, beginning of time, it's always been a group of people that felt like they know better 
as far as what they do for the masses because the masses won't partake in using their full ability to use their intellect at the highest level. So it's always been a group. So even when Egypt reigned, George was a group of people that felt like they knew better than all the rest of these people, and those people should be guided. So yeah. they just took it upon themselves. Hey, you know what? We in charge. We got the most money. Come on, man. We're going to flip this. You know Come what I'm saying? On. Then we're going to get all y'all to do this. We're going to shut down this food over here for a while so then y'all ain't going to have that. Then we're going to make y'all act this way. You know what I mean? So it's been around forever. So, you know what I mean? It just so yeah. happens that people... They, they, they automatically associate when they hear Illuminati. Oh, that's the racist white people. No. No, it's more, it's deeper than that. Speak on it. You know what I mean? It just so happens that when this country was founded, you know, you had the, the people, uh, 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 the uh, criminals really from Europe yeah. came over to this country and had, oh. when this country got started. So naturally, they needed to get this place funded. They right. needed, they wanted to come, come up. on, they man. They wanted to be like all the other countries. So you got to go to who got the money. Yeah. And then when you go start, you finding the people who got the money, the people who know they got the money. Oh, well, I can control what you do. So once you decide, oh, I can control you and what your country going to be about. Oh, everybody going to be able to be free and do what they want to do. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep some taps on y'all. I'm going to put some money down on yeah. that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I might want to be able to tell y'all what to do at some point. So that's good. everybody just kind of basically just falls into their natural position. So that's how you get over here, and then you start hearing about the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds on, and things of that nature, the richer families, because they had the money to fund these new governments to come up and build Ooh, themselves. We drive us America, so, I mean, America. There's no way possible they don't. Is they it. might come for us after this interview. Spellbound, I don't know, <laughs> man. They know they known now. You know what I'm saying? They, they known now, and it, it's really not a secret to that point. So... When when people do say like, man, Illuminati ain't real, it's impossible for them not to exactly. be real. It's somebody out there that got way more money than everybody else, and they can using their money to control. Like, bro, if for somebody to think that it's pieces of Illuminati that don't have nothing to do with this Bill pandemic, hint, hint. Yeah. that it don't have nothing to do with yeah. owning these big pharmacy companies, yeah. you're fooling yourself. You know Bill what I mean? Gates, but we because we, we on the chessboard, but we being treated as pawns in somebody else's game. Yeah, you know what we, I mean? We ain't in the game. We we because we not because we not knowing that we in the game, yeah. but it, but literally every single individual on the planet is really playing their own chess game. That's right. Do you do you feel like um, with all the things that's been happening lately, that we are coming, us as people are becoming more aware of what our positions are in this game, um, meaning that you know now we know that we have to level the playing fields in some degree. Uh. Truth be told, I just be honest with you. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that we um getting there enough. I think. I think it's been good as far as the the awareness when they killed George Floyd and everybody came to arms because you gotta you gotta imagine the deep the good old boys network in America. Yeah, you you figure they had to be shot, boy. They had to be in a cigar room somewhere deep. Like, wait a minute. The whole world is mad that we killing niggers now? Yeah. You mean you mean to tell me we can't kill a nigger without the whole world saying something? Yeah. They couldn't believe that because you, you got to understand, that's the first time that's ever happened. Like, a black man was killed in America and then people in other countries start protesting? Yeah. Bro, they ain't never cared that's about good. us yeah. here. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. They ain't never cared about us nowhere around the world. We've been laughed at. We've been joked. Even some of my brothers from Africa, they joke us because we you stupid. y'all got oh caught. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got caught. Y'all the cotton pickers. So <laughs> come on. But when you got to fit with them rednecks, boy, when they sitting there and they see everybody, they riding in London and all around, you know what I'm saying, all these yep. countries. Nigeria. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. You mean to tell me we can't kill a nigga no more and get away with it? Bro, that 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 kind of changed the game on everything. You That's know what right. I'm saying? It, 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 as far as how they how they looked at it, but, but it, so it's more awareness, but still not. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's still just it's still a program. You know what I'm saying? It's still all it's, it's still all a part of a program. I don't know if you watch The Matrix or whatever, but it's a part in one of those oh, final yeah. matrices yeah. when they thought Neil had saved the world or whatever, and then the two computer people meet or whatever. I don't know what they're supposed to be, and and they he he I, I think he meet Neil and he tell Neil, man, you are a program. You know they training Neil to believe that he Jesus. Basically, and they know he a program. Yeah, he thinking my duty is to save the world. He like, yo, no, nah, bro, you a program too. We built you so you can give hope. You know what I'm saying? Deep, so they giving you the game. It's the same thing right here, right now. You know what I'm saying? I know they didn't plan for George Floyd. George Floyd just almost wrecked everything. They yeah. probably was pissed at that cop because, yo, bro, don't you just see we just dropped this pandemic? Don't you see we just dropped this corona? We ready to work this thing, and now you're gonna go kill George Floyd, and yeah, then the whole world up. and all that just messed everything up on. Them. So they had to actually slow down a little bit for a couple months. And let that die down and get back to it. So I believe it's good that people is saying stuff and they're out and about. But they got to understand all this stuff is still recycled. It's still part of the plan. What's going on? I can pre- I pretty much, I can tell you this much. The, the awareness that we've shown on TV, the stuff that the NBA players is doing and all of that. There's not one member that's a part of Illuminati that's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? They're yeah. still sitting back chilling right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've seen this before. It's just been upgraded because of technology and social media. So... I feel like it's still a lot more that we need to do. and But I believe all that starts with, with, with self. You know what I mean? As far as yeah. getting back to uh, uh, the knowledge of ourselves and who we're supposed to be. Because we got to strengthen mm-hmm. self first before we can strengthen the situation. We can all, we can have <laughs> and we can be talking about it, but it ain't nothing without action. You know what I'm saying? And the only sure. way we can bring ourselves to action is to get ourselves together personally first. So that's just how I see it. Sure, bro. Um, let's take um take a quick break, and then I want to um when we get back, I want to jump on a couple of things that you've been working on, and you know, you know, we'll, we'll close it on out. What's up? Oh my God! Beach Chronicles. We got an author, filmmaker, street dudes, hold many hats, many attributes. I'm loving it. Spellbound, the podcast is so compelling. We're having a great conversation. I don't even want to give him a name because this brother is so gifted, and I'm behind the scenes listening, producing. However, it's just amazing how he goes through these storms. Knowledge born, born back to knowledge. Like a newborn baby, he's rebirthed. My God. I'm back. Spellbound. The podcast. Beach Chronicles. My brother Jay Spellbound. Loving it. It is so compelling. It's so compelling. You know what, man? My little sister, Majesty, is like getting on my nerves, man. She's telling me to turn stuff up. I don't know. Look, I, I, I know you, like, the thing is, we multitask in our team. <laughs> Our team is multitasking. I know, she, like we multitask, and and the thing about I love about her, oh, because oh. she remind me of me in my prime. Like, shot, turn it up. 
Like, da, da, da. And, and the thing is that I'm different to organize, right? And I love her. Like, I really appreciate her gift. Yeah, I got to say it. This team is amazing. Spellbound? Yes, sir. Do it. Um, everything that, you know, you do now, um, you know, you own your own businesses. Um, but during all that, you also, you've been creating and creating, you know, continuing your books and, you know, your, um, your stories of your books. Um, you got four books out now, right? Right. Out of, uh, was that a 10 part series? Yeah, it's 10 parts. 10 but parts you know, I haven't books. had a chance to write past the fourth book. I mean, well, I have them already written, but type about I haven't had a chance. To okay. Um, on top of that, you know, you've been creating films and sitcoms and things like that. Yes, sir. What do those things mean to you? Um, cause I know we, we've talked and, you know, to somebody else, they may mean something else, but to you, what do they mean to you? Uh, well, I, I, I kind of got, I got a belief that, uh, if you have a talent, like I feel like if you're born, you're a baby, you come into the world, you can do certain things naturally. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody really taught you certain things. You don't even know you can do them until you actually start doing them. So I call them things, they're directly from your creator. Yeah. Those types of, like, you, so if your creator sent you here with this gift or did whatever it is, this talent, that means that's a dirt that you already got direction from the creator. Like, yo, this is what I want you to do. So you know for a fact, whatever your purpose is in life, it, it's supposed to have something to do with this. This is just what I believe. Okay. You, somebody can say it's not right or whatever the case may be. But for me, whatever talent I got, I want to exercise it. And I didn't always think this way. When we was young and we was just wild and I was in the streets playing football, I realized this was some of the stuff why my frustrations was coming. This is why I was willing to kill somebody that looked like me without any hesitation. You know what I mean? Or fight somebody that looked like me just because they lived over here yeah. with no hesitation because yeah. my mind won't write. I was literally, I grew up insane, yeah. but not knowing it. But you, you, it's going to drive you insane when you got one of those souls that's, that, that runs back since the hands of time and you don't have no understanding or no closeness to that soul. It's, it's going to do that. So that insanity, that insanity is what will have you in, in, in a bad position and in, in, in living life not how you want to live it. So uh, take your time, man. Yeah, I mean, I would have never knew I had any of these talents if I didn't go through what I went through as far as the prison. Right. So if I didn't do to make the, the bad, you know, or the bad decisions that I made and went to prison, because when I was in prison, I saw so much of what the plan was going. I, I saw the plan of Illuminati, like we were saying earlier, yeah. and they was winning, you know, and I took that personal, you know, as I told you growing up, it was very competitive where I'm <laughs> yeah. from, you know, so I took that person like, yo, y'all, y'all beat me like this. Y'all got me like this. And I didn't want to go out like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I didn't want to go out like that. So, the whole 10 years I did, I didn't do no hanging out playing cards and, and chess. And, and I played chess, but I wasn't, like, hanging out with crews. I studied and studied and learned. I, I learned stocks. I learned how to open every business I could. The whole night, I just kept building. I basically took myself to college, but I self-taught yeah. myself. So when to answer your question, when you say, what does these shows and these sitcoms and all that mean to me, bro, I, I, I spilled blood for that stuff. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, I went through, I mean, I, had, I really had to get my head knocked. You know, I really had to get broke and humble to even pay attention to these talents that I had. So basically what I'm saying, if you, if you take, put it in a nutshell, I, evidently I never knew I could make movies. Right. I never knew I could write books, and I probably wasn't going to do it. 
I was going to be out here selling drugs and trying to kill somebody that looked like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? While somebody's sitting in a hot seat somewhere drinking the best scotch or whatever and depending, deciding who the next third world country they're going to get money to to get war started. But I was going to be sitting, you know, boxed in how I was. So I made an oath to myself when I got out from that 10 years. I'm going to, everything I can do, any ability I got, I'm going to touch it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to see what it can do. And and basically, I mean, what, what else? What, why not? Yeah. Because there's a reason if I can do this stuff, God gave it to me. My creator gave it to me. It must be something I'm supposed to do. It don't necessarily mean I'm supposed to be the next Tyler Perry. Oh, come on, man. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It don't necessarily mean I'm supposed to be the next uh, New York Times bestselling author or anything like that. But if I write a book and one person is like, yo, man, it made me feel like this. You know what man, I'm saying? It just so happens. Come on, brother. <laughs> I, I probably made very little money off those books. But in a state prison in Virginia, where they, the time is enormous, it's football numbers on their heads. Them young brothers know me, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They know me, and That's my cool. word is in there as far as through the books and through the pages. And, and I'm giving them the game, the overall game. So for me, when I write a book or I make a, a movie or something like, well, the movies was a little different starting out. I was just trying to get through. But as far as the books and now, like, some of the recent things I'm dropping on the film, they, uh, for me, they is like my sign of fighting back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fighting like David versus Goliath. Because I can't, come on, Illuminati is, is you can't even see them. They so, they so good that they got people thinking they don't exist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Greatest, That's who I'm up against. Hold on. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world think he, he don't never, exist. Yeah. This is Illuminati. <laughs> I like the way you flipped that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Predators. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> yeah. I like the way you flipped that. Man. So, no, no, no matter what, you know, your books, your movies, the things you've created, they're here forever, bro. So, That's that right. means you're here forever. Right. And I was going to ask you what this means to you, but your legacy is here forever. What does legacy mean to you? I'll be honest, Jay. And I, I, let me say this real quick before you answer uh -huh. that. You raised your four boys, and you did a good job with your boys, bro. Thank you. I seen one going to the military. Thank you. One working down there with Frankie. Yeah. Other boy in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job with your boys, man, raising four boys, man. But Appreciate it. What does legacy mean to you? Uh, honestly, bro, it didn't really mean nothing to me for a long time. I never really thought like that. And I, a lot of the reasons why is because my, my, my moments and my days were spent with my head underwater. So when your head underwater and you're just trying to get above, back above water, get back on, the last thing you're thinking is legacy. Yeah. I'm thinking tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me get to tomorrow. Can I get a step up then from how I was yesterday? So I didn't never really have a lot of, especially when I came home and got my four boys, bro. It was tough. I didn't know how I was going to keep the bills paid. I was My job didn't pay for all of this. I wasn't making enough money. Couldn't go back into the streets. I'm, you know, the two boys, I was the only parent here in Virginia. Yeah. And the other two, they hadn't had a dad for so many years. So it, it was tough, bro. I didn't know what was coming from what and how I was going to move, but I, I couldn't focus on legacy. I couldn't focus on no more than just getting back, you know, to the next day. But now as time has went on, you know, like you just mentioned how my four kids went on about they doing what they doing. And uh, I'm looking at the movies. I'm learning. You know, I'm probably more than likely I'm not going to keep pursuing a movie career. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, I'm not, not to take y'all track from the question, but it just, it got a lot to do. I seen how they did with Nick Cannon and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So, some people can say certain things, but then you can't say this and we get rid of, you know what I mean? Oh, and I yeah. can't never see myself going into a direction where I'm going to be, I can't you, say what I, you, yeah. Because yeah. you, you, you see my material is raw. Yeah. So oh, if, if you're going to tell me I ain't going to, if Nick Cannon can't do his thing, 
You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Nick didn't gave y'all what y'all want. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? You're going to tell him he can't speak his mind. Hey, can I ask you a question, man? Ahead, I had to interrupt yeah, because ahead. I come from this film stuff and author stuff, and you are so much reminding me of me, man, as a That's as coming up. through this, man. I'm being honest with I you. I respect that. So, 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 so Jay Spell, I got to jump in right now. Ahead, I know bro. you don't want to do what Nick Cannons did, but what Nick did is his people, they jumped into the different bed. Right. They went into the bed of the fame. Mm -hmm. Chasing the fame instead of the master in the art. Right. The prisons need you. Right. Casting juvenile, they need you. We don't got to go. You don't have to go corporate because everything you just said, bro. Right. Register with me in my heart. I respect that. Who we're trying to go after, flip them, man. Forget them. You don't, don't go Hollywood. Stay on your ground. Right. You're very important to this world, man. Very important to this world, Jay. My apology. I just That's had to good, tell bro. you this, man. I appreciate You're important it. to your generation. Nick Cannon, his manager and his publicist, they went from Hollywood from the gate. Right, 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 right. You understand? Right, right, he right, went right. into that gate, into the lion's den from the gate and got money so they can control him. You down on the earth with us. Without. Where the Africans belong. <laughs> no. Knowledge born, born back to knowledge. Spellbound, my apologies. That's all good, knowledge. bro. Appreciate that. Knowledge. Um, speaking of which, man, um, on, on that note, how important is ownership to us as people? Right. That was, I mean, that was another thing. That was another thing that I had learned when I was in there and uh, that they was keeping from us. I was just saying, like, you, it, it, we can't just keep working for you. But, and, you know, and then as you're sitting in there, you start to think back to your past and then I realized a lot of things was laid out for me. I go back to my, what my creator laid out, laid the, you know, because the creator, it's a, it's a, a breadcrumb trail out here for yeah. us, but we got we to gotta pick it up. So, you know, like my father's mother, you know, my father was a young boy. My mother was a young girl when they had me, so they both left the college. So my first four to five years, I was with my two grandmothers. My father's mother, she, this is back in the 80s, early yeah. 80s. She ran a company. She ran a six-figure company, construction company, the one who lived in the first court in Basin Island. She managed it and ran it. And she would take me to work with her every day. You know, I'm a kid. I didn't want to be there. Yeah. But I, I would remember her picking me up sometimes from my Aunt Linda and explaining to my Aunt Linda. I'm trying to teach him so he can see how he, what he needed to do when he grew up. Yeah. And my Aunt Linda always saying, yeah, he going to learn it. He going to be all right. He going to be all right. I just remember these conversations, yeah. but they came back to me later. And what my what I would see with my uh, grandmother is she would be taking the calls all day. She'd be talking to everybody. She'd be getting everything set up. And it was boring to me. Yeah. But now that I'm older and I'm grown and, not, you know, I have, I'm invested in certain companies with, with partners and, and yeah. family or whatever. And But some of the jobs that I have, I remember now my grandmother doing them. And I remember how she was a black woman in the early 80s and was running a six-figure company. Wow. So, you know, she was, I had all the toys for Christmas. I had everything. So I'm learning. I, I saw the blueprint, but from the woman. You know yeah. what I mean? So then as I got older and I got locked up and I saw the game, and I'm like, man, how are these people getting this money that they just getting? How, how, how do you just – I know the white people leave their kids' money, but I got white friends – well, their parents ain't had no money. Live right next door to me yeah. and my grandma. Their parents couldn't leave them no money. Yeah. So they had to figure out a way to get it the same way I had to figure out to yeah. get it. So I, you know, so I learned in America, it's not necessarily about color like we always think it is. Now, it's bad for the blacks because of how they brought us over here. Yeah. But the way the Constitution is set up, you can work and you can wiggle and you can get through that situation. You know what I mean? So I had to learn how are they getting, how are they advancing the way they are in business? How is Trump not paying for this and keep doing bankruptcy and bouncing back and things of that nature. So that's another lane I decided to teach myself while I was in there. So 
like I said, when a disaster comes like a pandemic, if I've been doing my taxes and I've been generating money for the economy, y'all got to take care of me the same way you take care of Sears or whoever else you take care of because I've followed the the laws of the Constitution and I have formed my corporation. You, you understand what Ownership. I'm saying? So I learned the game. Ownership. Ownership. You know what I'm saying? And it's easier to own than people think it is. Yeah. It ain't even that hard. But you got to figure if you a slave and you ain't allowed to read for hundreds and hundreds of years, how you even know what a constitution is? And then yeah. you go through a period where they're killing you because you're reading. It's like, man, you know what I'm saying? You're going to pass it down through all the generations. and Everybody going to think, you know what? That ain't for us. We don't need to know that. So for me, ownership is the beginning because we got the same rights to do what this country was founded on, just like anybody else. I, I definitely want some of those, some more of these Jews, man, off, 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 off outside of this, man, because you sound like you got a lot to offer, man, and, and I want some of it. Appreciate it. Um, one of the last things that I, you know, kind of wanted to close out with is um, – you know, throughout our years, man, growing up, even till now, man, we we lost so many of our people from our, our area, man. And, you know, it, it was kind of like, you know, back then we knew, you know, everybody wasn't going to make it. Right. But now, you know, we grown men. It feels different, man, when we lose somebody the way we lose them. Um, you know, like, you know, me, I lost Jabari. Just recently you lost Bake. Yeah. How hard is that, man? Losing those guys like that, and I don't—I don't know if you remember Mike Bennett. Yeah, I do remember Mike Bennett. You know, he just passed away, I know, man. I saw that just this past week. I saw that. I mean, bro, it hit you. It, it, it hit. I guess. I guess this is how the older people felt when I was younger, and they would see people dying around their age or getting killed. You know what I mean? It, just, it hit you, and then depending on how much you dealt with the person, or when you saw them, or what the history you have with that person. I mean. It's kind of remind for me. It reminded me that like you know, life is not guaranteed. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? It's not guaranteed. And why you here again? You know, it kind of all go back to my philosophy. And you better do all you can do with the talents that you're given. Yeah. Because you know, you don't, you know, so you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know how they're gonna play it out here. You don't know if a virus gonna pop out the sky. You don't know if somebody that look like you gonna run up on you with the pistol. You know what I'm saying? Just because they think you're still in the game or because who you used to be yeah. or whatever the case. You yeah. don't know what's gonna happen, bro. So. Whatever you can do, if you got an ability, you got a skill, you got a talent, if you got a desire inside of you to be more, you got to go towards that. You got to go for that. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Or, or else you're wasting your time down here on earth. So, Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of which, man, you know, I, I know you had them in the sitcom with you, man, me and my cousins. Are, are, are y'all real cousins? Oh, uh, like Bake and uh, yeah, yeah. Well... That's a funny. That's a funny show. I man. appreciate it, bro. I thank you because that's one of my favorite ones. Because I'm we we like they they amateurs. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But they showing up ready to work, and it, it's real. It. It's like real for them. So, nah, we like you know, Basin Arms is like a family. <laughs> oh Basin yeah. Arms, William oh, yeah. Village. We grew up all under the same roof. It's like we all had the same big brothers. Yeah. So we like even the generation under mine. It's like they my brothers, and the generation before mine. You know, it's like yeah. they're my brothers. So. uh it's easy for us to fit to look like cousins when we all together and while we all call yeah. each other cousins. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Hey fam, do you know um Spellbound Axe, right? You know he can be Yeah, so he in the, he gonna be in, in the next first, movie, I Underground Guy. First feature. And he was an amateur, but he was to me he was a professional. To me, I swear for God, like yeah. this guy, I, I I can say something to him and his directives. And I went to film school and acting school and he didn't. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh snap! I'm like, I wasted my money. <laughs> Students that that talented, natural, 
Natural. Yeah, he in the next movie, man. You know he in the... He's, my, in, my, he's my, in your next one? My final movie is Underground I mean, you know I'm his agent, right? Oh, yeah. I got to <laughs> okay, talk yeah, to you we, first. We'll talk, uh, how you did, though? Uh, <laughs> talk, talk to my wife first. <laughs> okay, okay. She yeah, ain't over here, man. She ain't over here. I was going to get you more money. Carl was going to... Yeah. Spellbound the Chronicles. I appreciate you taking out the time. One of the great things I like about what we've been doing in these episodes, man, is that we still here. We at an age now that... You know, even though we both came from different sides, that, you know, when we see each other, when, you know, I see people from Baseline Islands, um, and they see they see me, man, it's, right. it's all love. Still you know, love, man. right, yeah. And uh-huh. that, that's 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 the joy that I get from doing this. Glad to see you made it. Yeah, so, <laughs> man, we glad, like we glad old, to see man, you. We, we can talk about this stuff, man. Damn, we made it through, man. And that's the best part of getting old is that you are able to get old. Making it through, especially when, you know, when you see something like Bari and Bake, and yeah. it's just like, and then you I, I don't. I can't have no beef with nobody that I used to beef without Lake Edwards or Carrie Top. Man, I'm happy you're still alive, bro. I'm happy, happy for your happy. daughter. I'm happy for your mom. I'm happy for your old lady that you're still here to be with them. I ain't, yeah. man, forget whatever we was doing. That was crazy. You know, it was like, because, come on, man. Come on, man. You talking mm-hmm. about two dudes that got a lot to offer. Yes, sir. But, you yep. know, I ain't going to go down that two road. Two good dudes, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, those were two good dudes. Uh, man, you talk, You took glue. Yep. I appreciate <sighs> you, cuz. Taking yeah. this time out, man, and, and sitting down and chopping it up, man. Incredible. No doubt, no Spellbound, the podcast. Beach Chronicles. And an amazing, an amazing story. Testimony. Real people, real stories. I think I'm a charge spell for me coaching him and acting until I see his wife. I don't want to coach him into acting. How the hell he gonna say see his wife? He knew nothing about acting to the record store. World famous swag bound, the podcast family. Got my little sus, Majesty. <laughs> Capitalize that T. all about it I was just blown away by this whole story we went over on time on this one Lord have mercy <laughs>